0: And this show that I'm doing today, it's one of the Get Love Right shows, and it's about partner appreciation. And please, for anybody that's listening into these shows for the first time, if you like the show, you can always mark it as a favorite, and also, too, you can subscribe to my newsletters. There's two newsletters that you can subscribe to, one for narcissistic abuse, which is new life. And the other one is Empowerment and Love, which is general and self empowerment knowledge. And that way, you're always going to be updated about the radio shows. Also, too, you can have a look on my website on the radio link, and there's always the updated radio shows that are coming. Lots of them in archives that you can go back to as a healing resource anytime you want. And I really invite you to go through a lot of those shows and listen and pick the topics that do interest you. So on with this show today about partner appreciation. During this show, we will be talking about how to contribute to a relationship in order to help it grow and thrive. The truth is many relationships become complacent. They lose their spark, they lose their fertilizer. Discover within this show how you can lose resentment, guilt, boredom, staleness, you know that whole thing with relationships that it's really like two people cohabitating and they're not really connecting and they're not really loving and it can get very, very stale and how you can replace those things with contributions that not only enhance how your partner feels but also creates you as the other half of a relationship who feels and enjoys the passion and love. So this show I hope will really, really help you and I do draw this distinction a lot with people because I think it's very, very important to understand the difference between a narcissistic relationship and a relationship that can be healthy because the last thing that I really want to do is encourage people that are with narcissistic people to try to be the person that heals and fixes the relationship, because if you are dealing with a narcissistic individual and you can actually classify and work that out, if you go to my website, if you are in a troubled relationship that you suspect are uh, feeling addicted, abused uh, and and highly confused, I really do suggest that you go to my website, have a look under the article section, and go to the articles Narcissism Understood and also the article NPD um, characteristics and behaviours because you'll get a lot of information there to really start getting clear if you aren't if you aren't with a narcissistic individual because the truth of the matter is no matter how good your boundary function or how, no matter how good your partner appreciation tactics are, if you are with a narcissist, it always equals how to lose because you're going to be damned if you do and damned if you don't you're not dealing with a person who wants to become conscious and actually grow as a team member in a relationship. So this information that I'm going to give you, it really is about being in a conscious relationship today and it's about being able to grow with a partner who is also, um, wants as a goal, wants as a value in their life, to create a conscious relationship. So... The reality is that if you're frustrated in a relationship and you want to grow it consciously and you want a team member, if this other person in your life is not interested in that, doesn't want to participate in that, doesn't want to go to counselling with you, doesn't actually want to work at the relationship with you, well, then what you do need to do is lay a boundary and you really do need to put it on the line. That if you want this relationship, if you want me in your life, this is where I need you to be. Because if you're not going to be there and you're not going to work at this with me and we're not going to heal this together and put in that effort together, well then I do need to leave and find a relationship more suitable for myself. Now the reality is for a lot of people if you mean it and you do it calmly and you do it clearly and you set a boundary with that, you may even give them a week to think about it. You need to back it up. You need to follow it through. You may need to leave. The chances are that if that person has got the desire to love you, has got the resources within them to step up, they will do it. They will do it. Okay, But you need to be true to yourself. If you want to create a conscious relationship, well then you need two people that are going to be working on a conscious relationship together. So what I'm going to be talking to you about today is about how relationships can actually work and it can work together to create a deep love and trust and connection. Now, to do that, intimacy is totally necessary. And intimacy is into me. See, it's honesty. And when we have honesty, we have trust. And when we have trust, we have connection. And when we have connection, we have love. So within this honesty of intimacy, see, intimacy, this is the honesty of who we are, good and bad because none of us are perfect, all of us have got stuff and we're all unhealed children. That's the truth of the matter. No matter how evolved we are, we all have got our stuff. So a conscious relationship is a relationship with somebody where both of you can be really honest about that without projecting it at the other person and making it their fault. It's about understanding our childhood wounds. Now, I actually did in my radio show last week... I did do a fair bit about the dynamic of relationships. So if you have a look at my show last week, if you haven't already listened to it, you're going to hear a lot about those unhealed wounds, how we attract each other to actually bring up and heal our unhealed wounds and how your unhealed wounds is absolutely going to press on your partner's unhealed wounds and vice versa. And the, the thing is, if that all stays unconscious and we just make it about blaming the other person, well then no healing, no intimacy, no trust, no connection, no growth is going to occur in that relationship. In fact, in, in fact the relationship is going to be very, very likely to decrease in love, which may turn into just a coexisting relationship that's passionless and loveless, or it'll end. And and sadly that's the truth for most relationships. We know that 50% of relationships fail. How many of those relationships don't have love, passion, connection? How many of them fall so short of extraordinary relationships? Because those unhealed wounds have not been, they've not been healed and they haven't been liberated to create that incredible connection and that trust. So I'm not going to go into that side of it so much. What I do want to go into it is the things that we can do to contribute to our relationship, the things that we can actually do to add to them, to fertilize them, and to create even greater levels of connection. So in order to have extraordinary relationships, not only do we need to be honest about our wounds and express them, and again, last week's uh, radio show was going to explain more about that. But we also need to be very honest about our needs within a relationship. So in order to have an extraordinary relationship, not only do we need to be able to express our own needs clearly, without guilt, without fear of judgment, just to be true to ourselves, we also need to be able to grow to be able to validate and have empathy for our partner's needs as well. And the interesting thing is that to do that, we have to lose that whole perception that a relationship is all about ourselves. And I spoke about that last week as well, that when we're little kids, when we're babies, when we have needs, we are incredibly entitled and demanding. We scream. It's all about us. We don't have a peripheral for people in our environment or the, or the you know, close intimate people with us, it is all about us. And unfortunately as adults, what we do is we can go forward with that very closed mindset and think about our own needs or our own neediness and what we're not getting, but we're not actually validating and respecting our partner's needs. We can't look outside of ourselves until we understand how incredibly important that is. Now, the thing is, our partner's needs are going to be usually extremely different to our own needs and that's the really interesting thing about it because the dynamic of relationships is that we come together with people that are going to push on our unhealed parts and we're going to push on their unhealed parts. So we're actually not going to be a match in the way we operate Generally, that is the case. At the start, it's going to look like that. You're going to come together with somebody and you're going to go, oh my gosh, we are so compatible. We have the same needs. We have the same values. We have the same truths. And you're in that honeymoon period where it's, you're in a heightened state if you're a love avoidant of wanting a huger connection of love temporarily and you're in a heightened state of the love addict that needs a lot of love and wants a lot of love that the love avoidant is going to be granting it to you because you're in the honeymoon period. So you're actually not going to see the true dynamic until everyday life starts kicking in. Right. So what's going to happen here, it's extremely likely that when it does all settle down, you're actually going to find that you've got different needs, you've got different love languages, and you're actually not that incredible match that you thought you were. Now, if you start making that all about you and your needs of love avoidant, you're going to be going, well, I need more space. I don't want this to be as intense. I don't want to spend every minute with you. I want to get back to my everyday life, which is with, you know, family and friends and my interests and my work. And, you know, and if you're an extreme love avoidant, you're going to be wanting to get back to the addictive behaviors that actually pull you out of being present in your body and in life. And that's a whole other topic. Now, as the love addict, you're going to want a lot more energy than the love avoidant and a lot more input in the relationship in order to feel loved, to feel safe, to be valued, to be respected. That's going to be a high-level need for you. And that's going to be a source of frustration for you because the love avoidant has already started pulling their energy away from you, back out into their life where they were getting a lot of their fulfillment rather than through relationships. So the truth of the matter is, is when a relationship settles down, what you need to feel loved and feel safe is actually going to be extremely unlikely from your partner for them to grant it to you naturally and vice versa. So this is where the trouble starts setting in. So... You know, we can, we can pull up a heap of different examples for that. You know, and if you've ever read the five love languages, you'll understand that words of appreciation might be very important for one person. Physical touch could be a high-level love language for them. Um, gifts could be another one. So you might find yourself in a relationship with somebody where, you know, gifts and cards and, and, and little acts like that are just huge for them. Surprise dinners, etc., etc., and for you it's not a big deal. That's not the way you've ever shown that you've loved. And you may even struggle and judge that other person as well, I love you because I do A, B, C, and D for you, which to you might be more solid, practical, or even you say, I love you, um, physical touch is more important for you. And yet that person, because they're not getting those little gifts and those little cards and those little signs, they're actually feeling unloved. And you may judge it as ridiculous, you may struggle with it, and you might think that they're being really superficial. And that's just one example. I could give you 20 different examples. So in that example or any of those examples, what's happening is you're making it all about yourself yourself. And you're not validating or understanding what this person is about and how they actually operate. So that's not working for you and it's not working for them. It's actually causing destruction within your relationship. So, so much about fertilizing a relationship is about getting out of all of that and realizing that needs are important. Your needs, your partner's needs. Now, I'm not talking about the insatiable needs of a narcissist, for example. I'm certainly not using that as an example because the insatiable needs of a narcissist might be something like you have to, uh, you're out for lunch with a girlfriend. You have to ring me and tell me where you are. I have to you. I have to breathe down your neck. These are unreasonable needs that defile your integrity as a human being. So I'm not talking about those sorts of needs. But in love needs and love requirements, you have to understand that your partner is going to have a completely, usually, is going to have a completely different set of needs than what your needs are. So all of it's important. And if we want to create a relationship, we need to understand that it's important. And it's not about your partner disowning their own needs because you've decided they're ridiculous. And it's not about you disowning your needs because your partner decides that it's ridiculous. Because that's just a recipe for two unfulfilled people that are actually not getting loved the way they want to feel love. And if you're not feeling love, well, you're not going to grant love. So it creates a toxic vicious cycle. So this is like really important information for you and your partner to understand that both of your needs are valid. And just because they're not your need doesn't mean that they're not a valid need. Now the lovely thing about a relationship coming together with somebody that is not your love need match, which is the normal dynamic of any relationship that actually feels like love, is going to be this. The great thing is, if both partners have got an opportunity to to grow into granting needs in ways that they never have before so it's an opportunity to move out of comfort zones at the limitations you've had in the way you love to be able to love in much more expanded ways and it's all win-win because what happens then is your partner is going to feel loved if they're working as a team with you on this they're going to give you back your love needs not as a gift to get because you're both working on giving and you're going to grow in appreciating loving in ways that you've never loved before. You're going to enjoy writing out cards. You're going to enjoy doing little gifts, things that you never thought of doing that you could appreciate within other relationships that it was cool, but not in your own. You're going to grow into the experience of when I give to another, I give to myself. I expand myself in ways that I didn't know I could. And that only creates more and more love. So an exercise that we can do in relation to all of this is to listen to and ask your partner what he or she needs from you and really encourage your partner to realize that their love needs are valid, that they deserve to have their love needs met. And even though they may not be your love needs, you want to grow into granting this person what they want because you love them. So encourage them to feel safe to talk about what their needs are and to actually identify some things and we could do it as an exercise, say as five things each week that they want to receive from you in order to feel loved and safe and nurtured. Now, the love avoidant is going to really struggle with this because love avoidance pride themselves as not being needy, as not requiring much for a relationship. The fact of the matter is, is that they've detached from love because it's too scary, too painful, or they've had too much abuse, or too much smothering, or too much control, or too much violation, that they actually, love avoidance, get their needs outside of relationships. They get them through work, hobbies, disputes, addictions. Okay. So the love avoidant, the person that is the least likely to want to connect into the relationship is going to have a lot of trouble identifying their needs. So you may need to help them with that or even make suggestions for that. And they need to understand that, that they've got to get in touch with what's going to make them feel loved and nurtured and supported by you. Now the love addict type, the person that's going for more connection in the relationship, could write pages of their needs love addicts are usually very, very aware of what they need in relationships. So you, the love addict is not going to have a problem coming up with those needs. So what happens is in this turn, you can do it, is it's about identifying what your needs are and not having the fear of them being judged. Having the knowing that your partner's going to validate that it is important to you and that because your partner loves you, if they don't try and give up and grant those needs to you, so let's say needs that you want in this particular week from your partner, maybe. maybe that when you come home from work, that I would like you to allow me to have 10 minutes just to unwind and debrief myself before I'm present for you without being bombarded. It may be that I would love you to come home from work and rather than go straight to the computer to check your Facebook, I would like you to have a coffee and sit down and spend 10 minutes with me first. Now, what's going to be interesting about these needs is... All of them are going to feel uncomfortable for both parties. The fact of the matter is you're not doing them naturally because otherwise your partner would never even have to ask you to meet them for, for him or her. So they're going to be parts of your personality that haven't been granting those needs to your partner. They're all going to feel like, ooh, I've got a stretch to go to that. Now within that list, now, knowing now what you know, that a conscious relationship is about doing that stretch. It's about stepping over your line into your partner's domain to be able to meet needs, knowing not only are they going to grow through it, you are granting yourself the most incredible way to grow through it because you're coming closer to love, communion, trust, sharing, an extraordinary relationship. So it's all win-win. But within that list, you're going to feel different charges to different things. And you need to know you're going to feel charges. They're all going to feel uncomfortable, some more than others. So let's say maybe three things on that list. You say, absolutely, I can do that this week. The other two, I want to work up to. I'm ready for them this week. A little bit down the track. When I get used to doing this, I want to grow into being able to do them, but not yet. So you've got to be really honest with yourself and you've got to be honest with your partner. And your partner's got to be able to accept your answer. Unless, of course, you just slightly refuse to do any of them, exercise, you don't want a part of it and you don't want to put in any effort. Really then, the partner to that person needs to lay a boundary and say, this is a relationship that I'm going to aspire to if you're not going to be a part of this, I, I need to find somebody that will because it's it's not you and they're either going to step up or they're going to step out one or the other okay so both of you with your list and then what happens is you can work on that list and you understand the dynamic of the relationship more clearly and it's about compassion it's about unconditional love and it's about giving it's not just about receiving love is giving And it will be easier for you to make their stretches. And no longer are you going to look at your partner and judge them through the lens and the perception that they're wrong for wanting that or they're demanding or they're unreasonable. And what you're going to see is that they do have very real love needs just as you do. And neither is right or wrong. In fact, they're both right. And you actually want to grant them these love needs because you love them. So both of you can set up that dynamic and really, really work at that and see how that can go. And what's going to happen if you do that is that you're going to create a conscious relationship. And a conscious relationship is going to be where love tanks are getting filled. You're going to feel that love, that connection, that trust, that intimacy with your partner. And it's only going to create more trust and more passion and more love, which is the end goal, love and passion. So other exercises that you can do regarding your partner is if you take a few minutes out each day to focus and concentrate on your appreciation of this person, and all of you law of attraction people out there, you'll understand, you know the power of appreciation, that whenever you start focusing on something with appreciation about what you do have, Instead of focusing on what you don't have, you create more of what you do have. So to make this even more powerful, you may want to journal about it. You know, twice a day, lunch break, five minutes is all it takes. You jot down feel to and vibrate at the things, about the things that you love about your partner. And then you might do it again that evening or you might do it once a day. But you put the effort into it, you feel it, you vibrate at it, you know it. And you're working yourself more into a manifestation vibration as this is what I'm feeling, these are my belief systems and life will grant you more of that. We always get from people what we feel and expect about them. People that have got the ability to be conscious and evolve. Okay, And it is a powerful force. So it's well worth doing that and realizing that you are an incredible creator. You're not powerless. You are a creator. So another commitment that you might want to make is between you and your partner is every week or every month, we're going to do a certain amount of surprises, loving surprises. Now if your partner is a bit freaked out by big surprises like a surprise party or something like that, don't do that. It could be little gifts of appreciation that they didn't know you were going to do. It's not on the list. It's not on the list that they do know about and what is great about this is you're actually going to be focused within that time period of granting those things, of doing those things. It's your homework so you're going to want to do it. And you're going to put thought into it and you're going to want it to have a great impact and it's bringing your focus into the relationship to fertilize the relationship. And that's really powerful if both of you can focus on and work with that stuff. Now what's really important about all of this is that all of this granting each other their love needs it's not a tit-for-tat exercise. This is not about you focusing on what you're going to get as a result of what you're going to give. Anything in life when we're giving to get falls flat on its face. It's not coming from a pure space, it's not coming from an unconditional space and it's not coming the space of you being a giving, loving, expanding human being. So both people in this need to take their focus off what number their partner's up to on the list how many times they're doing it whether they did it last night or whether they failed the night before or okay definitely if you're not receiving it it's about just lovingly bringing it up and saying you know that's an important commitment in our relationship that I would love you to fulfill okay okay But this is not about giving to get. This is about focusing on that joy of giving, on that joy of flowing and granting and understanding. Most of us don't even know our partner's love needs unless we're going to look at a conscious relationship on this level. Most of us have got no idea. We've never asked. We've never encouraged them to say it. And when they have actually said it, we've judged it, we've shot it down. How much sense does that make when you think about that? So you need to find out your partner's love needs and then you need to create a conscious relationship where you want to grow, you want to expand in even greater ways for love which is only going to make you feel like love and connect to love and fill your partner's, um, your, your partner's love tank in, in the same way. So it's not about giving to get. If you want love, be loving. For anybody that's read Neil Donald Walsh's books, the Conversations with God books, explains it magnificently. To be whatever you want to be, grant it. And I'm not talking about needy, codependent, martyrish love, which is all about, if I just give, 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 I will earn your love. I'll earn your approval. I'm not talking about that. And a lot of... Martyrish people, you know, my mum's a big one, there's lots of people's mums are a big one and lots of women are a big one. You know, martyrish people appear as being incredibly, incredibly giving and they may have times in their life where it is really selfless and it is really, really beautiful, but they're also people that don't speak up about their needs, that don't don't actually know their needs, don't speak up about their needs and are really poor receivers. So not only the love avoidant, but the martyr is very very good at that. Is about everything I grant to everybody else, and even if I do know my needs, I don't express them healthily. I don't believe I deserve them. I'm not good at receiving them. So you need to look at your own dynamics if that stuff's going on. You really really do. And and look truly. A level of self awareness is very, very important within relationships. You really need to understand yourself. You need to understand your flat spots and your blind spots and what's been going on with you, in that you and your childhood patterns, what your unhealed wounds are. The more self awareness that you have about all of that, as well as the ability to be able to identify your partner's needs, have compassion and empathy for their childhood wounds. So that rather than seeing them as the opponent, you're actually seeing them as an unhealed child that you can help to heal. There's just so much that you can heal in relationships when you do take it to a conscious level. So I hope this information has really, really helped and I'll be on air again next week. If you've got any questions about any of this, uh, you can put them up on Facebook when this show is actually posted up or you can email me at melanie at com, and I'd love to have a chat with you. All right, everybody. So that's it for this week. Lots of love. Bye-bye.